0: The Carolina Panthers appear to have a dilemma. Right now, through the first two weeks of the season, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And typically, what comes with that is a high draft pick. The only problem is the Carolina Panthers do not own their draft pick in 2024. That will be going to the Chicago Bears. So, one way potentially to fix that is by trading Brian Burns to get a first round pick in 2024. But is it worth
1: it? We'll
0: talk about that right here on Lockdown Panthers. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Julian Council, Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season i'll be answering your weekly wednesday mailbag questions either at me or dm me over on twitter at julian council to get your questions in for next week's edition of the weekly wednesday mailbag right here on locked on panthers and let's go ahead and get into the weekly wednesday mailbag on this edition of locked on panthers starting off with grayson who asks, just wanted to See your thoughts on not having a first round pick next year. How big of a problem do you think that is? And also, is there anything you would do to possibly gain a first round pick next year? Now, looking at the Carolina Panthers' picks in 2024, currently they own their second-round pick, their third-round pick, their fourth-round pick, San Francisco's fifth-round pick from the Christian McCaffrey trade, Tennessee's fifth-round pick, which I think is from the Dennis Daly trade, and Arizona's sixth-round pick from the then known as Robbie Anderson, now known as Robbie, Chosen trade, a year ago. So those are the draft picks. They have six of them, and you see they do not own their first-round pick, which went to Chicago when they decided on March 10th to trade up to number one overall to draft Bryce Young. Out of Alabama. How big of a problem is it though? Now it's not just that. The Carolina Panthers, you have to understand that the Panthers also have some key free agents that will be exiting the door potentially, or at least need to be paid once the offseason begins in March when free agency starts. Brian Burns is the top free agent, Jeremy Chen, Frankie Louvu, DJ Chark. I look at those guys as their four top free agents. Four top pending free agents. You got some free agent role players like Deion Jones, who looks like he's going to be playing a lot now that Shaq Thompson's out for the season. Currently, Frankie Lou was banged up. Got Troy Hill, who also is going to be playing a lot right now, considering that J.C. Horn is on, on IR. And C.J. Henderson has his own ankle issue. Kamu Gray-Hill right there. In the same boat as Deion Jones, each word mottos. He's someone who's become a role player. Thought he was solid on Sunday against Seattle. He's potentially out the door during free agency. Uh, Deshaun Williams, who currently started on defensive line. He's another one of those guys. Calvin Throckmorton, who's starting at right guard now. May move over the left guard whenever Austin Corbett comes back. He's another one of those guys. And LaVishka Chenault. So the Panthers have four Guys that they may want to bring back. I would imagine they're going to want to bring back Brian Burns, Frankie Louvu. We'll see how the season goes with DJ Chark, and we'll see how things work out with Jeremy Chin. So I think three of the four they're going to probably try to really bring back, and it depends on how some of the role guys go and the salaries that they want and see how all that works out. So there's a decent amount of team building that's going to have to happen before they even get to the draft. But really, I feel like it's a fallacy. That's going on right now among Panther fans that, oh, we don't have a first round pick. Oh man, we're not gonna be able to improve the team. Like there's more than one way to do it. Now the most organic and the simplest way to do it is by drafting. You build your team through the draft and then you fill holes in free agency. And oftentimes you've seen teams out there, Jacksonville in the past when they were always bad, try and just go out there and spend a ton of money in free agency. And you saw how that worked out. Look at the Chicago Bears currently 0-3, just like your Panthers. Thank God we play them later on this season. Draft picks haven't necessarily hit. Justin Beals looks like one of those guys who didn't hit. And they're like, let's spend a lot of money in free agency so far. They're still bad. So I, in a way, I feel like it's a fallacy that the Panthers don't have a first-round pick because, well, it's not just because, yeah, you built through the draft, obviously, but it's more than just one round. There's a second round. There's a third round. There's a fourth round, a fifth round, a sixth round, a seventh round. The Carolina Panthers traditionally, with whether it was Marty Herney or David Gettleman or, I guess, Matt Rule slash Scott Fitterer, they've – done well with their first-round draft picks. Brian Burns, Derrick Brown, Horns been injured lately, but Ikki Aquanda looked good last year. They've tended to be really good in the first round. The problem that they've had has been later on in the draft. So the Carolina Panthers not having a first-round pick, that's not great, but... I think the problem is the Panthers have missed out on too many day two and day three picks over the last couple of years. That's really where the issues have been. So while you can potentially get an impact player day one, what are you doing on day two to day three to be able to build this roster? The last couple of years, the Panthers have been failing spectacularly. Look at 2021. Six of the 11 picks from that draft class aren't on the active roster. All six of those picks came in the fifth round and later. So all six of them were day three picks. Deontay Brown is the only one of them that's on the practice squad. Davion Nixon, not here. Keith Taylor, not here. Shai Smith, not here. Thomas Fletcher never even made the team. Phil Hoskins, not here. Of the players on the roster from 2021, J.C. Horn currently is on IR. Uh, TMJ, Terrace Marshall Jr., is a wide receiver four. Brady Christensen is on IR, done for the season. Tommy Trimble is tied in two or three at best. And Chuba Hubbard, through three weeks, has been a barely utilized RB2, which I'm really scratching my head to why the hell that is. Uh, they haven't got that much out of that class, man. We sat there on that draft night, talked about how great Scott Fitter had moved up and down the draft board, how we had never seen something like that here in Carolina, and what has it yielded? Not very much. Now look at 2022. Three of the six players from that draft class are no longer here, mainly Matt Corral, who they traded up to get. And that failed spectacularly. Brandon Smith didn't make the team this year. Kalen Barnes did not make the team last year. Have no idea where he is. Now, Ikea Kwano was a starter last year. Struggled to begin the season. Then turned out to be a really good player. But so far, this season is struggling mightily. Sophomore slump in play. Amari Barno has been a core special teamer, more than a playmaker. And Cade Mays has lost his chance at the starting right guard job, not once, but twice so far this season. So half of those guys, um, what are they really giving you? Icky gives you something, but the rest, not too much. So really one of six right now from 2022. Look at 2023. Bryce Young. Missed out last week. I'm not really here to grade Bryce just yet, but still, just looking at how the class has performed so far. Bryce had two rough outings at the beginning of the season. Not all on him, obviously, uh, but did not play on Sunday. John Domingo currently in concussion protocol. He hasn't looked all that great so far. DJ Johnson got a jersey week one, has been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. Chandler Zavala has been absolutely dreadful, whether he's been at right guard or left guard. And Jamie Robinson hasn't been a factor and has been a healthy scratch um, last week uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, while it'd be great to get a first round pick and use that on a wide receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr., I'll take any of the guys from Washington right now. Have you seen that offense? As great as it would be to have a wide receiver and be able to draft in the first round, what are you going to do in the second round? In the third round, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and they're not in the seventh? What are you going to do later on in the draft? Like That's why I think it's a fallacy where it's like, oh, they don't have a first-round pick so they can't improve the team. You have to be able to improve your team in day two and day three. It can't just be day one. You can't just get one player and then the other six not work out. That has been the case for the Carolina Panthers far too often in this franchise's history, but especially recently. Because when you look at depth, That's where you're able to build it. When you lose J.C. Horn, you would like to throw in a guy that you drafted. Oh, but the guy that they drafted, Keith Taylor, not here. Stan Thomas Oliver, not here. When you see Shaq Thompson go down, you like to throw in a guy you drafted. Oh my God, Brandon Smith did not make the roster. So while yes, it would be nice to have that first round pick, the biggest problem to me is the Carolina Panthers keep missing in the later rounds of the draft. And as long as they do that, with this current regime whoever it is in the future they're gonna have a hard time being able to win football games when you look at the top 11 on defense especially you feel really good about them but the depth there's a lot of concerns offensively well the first 11 is not all that great but when something happens as it already has for that unit as well you're in a bad situation because some of the guys that you drafted just didn't pan out or if they're still on the roster they're not ready yet That's where the Carolina Panthers have really fallen short, not having a first round pick. It's not ideal, especially when you could get someone who could start for you day one at a wide receiver position. That's what they decided to do. But it's more of a problem for them to have missed out so often on those day two and day three picks because it has them kind of in a predicament that they're in now where a lot of injuries have happened and they have players that are just not here anymore because they did not pan out when they came to Carolina. Now Russell from Ireland has kind of a similar question and this is about Scott Fitter and a lot of people have been asking about Scott Fitter the last couple weeks saying they want him on the hot seat. I maintain that Fitter was a part of the search process to bring um, Frank Reich here that he'll be tied. To Frank Reich so if things don't work out they'll get rid of him I maybe they bring another general manager we've already seen in Tennessee where John Robinson was with Mike Malarkey then he got rid of Mike Malarkey brought in uh, Mike Vrabel and Vrabel still left over while Robinson is not here so that could happen if that's what Carolina decides to do I think that the two of them are going to be tied although Frank Reich and I've pointed this out in the past he, he has let it be known that he's here to coach the team That personnel, that's on Scott and the rest of the front office. So we'll see how it works out. But either way, Russell from Ireland, and thank you for listening, Russell, said, at what point does Scott Fitter become accountable and we start to look for a different general manager? He largely escaped criticism during the rule era. Uh, But since he's been GM, he's got rid of our best running back. That would be Deontay Foreman, by the way, who has five rushes for 16 yards with the Bears, y'all. And he has been a healthy scratch for back-to-back weeks, so he's not that great. Um, Our best wide receiver, that's DJ Moore, of course, and hasn't had a winning season. A lot of his trades have left a lot to be desired, i.e. Sam Darnold and C.J. Henderson. I would look at Sam Darnold as an organizational failure, and I wouldn't just pin that on uh, Scott Fitterer. And then Henderson, I I have no idea who that's on, but that was bad. If we have another losing season, which looks likely to you, look elsewhere, I can't say I trust him to do the right thing at the moment. Yeah, and I, I kind of answered that at the top, but I've said this m- multiple times now. I just feel like currently... He's tight, but I did just give you an example of how John Robinson was there in Tennessee, had Malarkey, got rid of Malarkey because Malarkey wouldn't take fire Terry Ribisky, the OC, just one of the wildest guy things to ever see, a guy being that loyal and losing his job after taking a team to the playoffs and then brings in Vrabel. Vrabel's had success. But if you look in Tennessee, what is, what's been the problem for the Titans if you ever paid attention? I used to cover the team down there living in Nashville. The problem is they have, spelled, they have failed spectacularly in the draft. And the Carolina Panthers, after just going over it a question ago, they have been failing in the draft. And Scott Fitterer, those are all three of the drafts that he has been a part of. Have all those picks been his? I mean, Kalen Barnes, Baylor guy, I think it's probably Matt Rule. Seven-round picks are not that big of a deal. But have all those been him? I don't know. But he did work in scouting for a long time in the league. That's how he became a general manager here in Carolina. And so far, a lot of his draft picks have not worked out. So uh, it is fair to look at Scott Fitterer and wonder, would the Panthers be better off with a new general manager? But are you trying to do that in year two of a new head coach, especially when all the scouting's going on right now? Like the guys that are Fitterer scouts are looking at college players now. It's not like you're going to get a new GM, he's going to have his new scouts, and they're going to be able to change things up because the scouting reports can be done by this regime not by a different general manager. That's something that's important to look at. But yeah, uh, Scott Fitter certainly should not be absolved of any criticism. And I'm not trying to absolve him because those picks, they do not lie. It's been difficult to kind of parse through and try and figure out who's it on. But now that Frank Reich has told us flat out that, hey, I'm here to coach the team. The front office, they're the ones who bring in the players. Yes, he has a say, but that's really on them. Now you can definitely place everything on Scott Fitter or in the past it was pretty murky and it probably felt more like Matt rule who had more control and had already been here and inherited uh Scott or had brought in Scott fitter with David Tepper. So yeah, he, he should be um, a little nervous, but I don't think he's on the hot seat. Uh, per se. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. and I'll come back and answer more of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. Our partners at eBay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football host, Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see what Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Broncos running back Javante Williams has gotten a healthy 48 opportunities in the first three games of the season, but so far he's only managed 180 yards from scrimmage and zero touchdowns during the team's 0 3 start. Expect the volume to finally convert into true fantasy production for Williams as Denver gets the wilting Bears defense in Chicago in week four. The Bears have given up plenty of overall yardage and scoring juice to backs through the first three weeks, and Williams will be the latest to take advantage as a runner and outlet receiver. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going. To help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBay.com/motors eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, back here on this weekly Wednesday mailbag unlocked on, on Panthers. Now over to Jacob and James. Jacob saying, I believe the Panthers should have kept CMC and DJ Moore and should have traded Brian Burns last year. He is demanding top D and money, and he has four good snaps so far this year. Everything else has looked average. He is not the kind of game changer as Bosa or Garrett or Crosby. He is, we would be a better team if we had DJ and CMC and could have gotten two first-round picks last year for Burns and use that to draft a quarterback. What are your thoughts? And James goes on to ask me as well, saying, I don't want to believe or think this, but do you think that Brian Burns could end up being traded for draft compensation? We obviously need more help all around the ball, O-line, wide receiver, corner, etc. I do understand that we are a banged-up team, but we have no depth behind our starters. Now, we kind of went over the depth issue. James And the depth issue uh, goes back to all the failed draft picks of the last three seasons. If those guys pan out, the Carolina Panthers aren't out here trying to find some other dudes to fill in those spots, and they would have better depth. If they were scouting better, this probably would not be that big of an issue. But either way, when you lose this many guys um, on offense and defensively, Due to injury, it's going to be hard to even play at the kind of level that you would hope to play at, even if the depth was better. But depth has been a problem for Carolina for a number of years now. So that's got to get fixed. And I think the best way to fix it is by stopping, or by my no longer missing on day two and day three picks at the rate they currently are. All right, now, Jacob, I I mean, I disagree with you. Like, only four good snaps. Seriously, dude, you really think he's only played four good snaps all year? That's ridiculous. Um, yes, I agree with you that Bosa and Garrett are better players. The Crosby thing, I mean, that's absurd. Brian Burns has had more of an impact than Max Crosby has in his career. And that's what the Panthers want to pan. Like, okay, I don't understand lumping Crosby and there with Bosa and Garrett. So, that's just – those are two things I just – I don't understand at all. Um, And – Yeah, the reporting last year was that the Rams were trying to trade the Carolina Panthers. uh, Two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Now, the Panthers would want a first-round pick high up in the draft, or to be able to use that conversation to move up for 2023. The Rams did not have a first-round pick in 2023. They have a first-round pick in 24 and 25. Because they made so many trades, that's why they didn't have it. And that's part of the reason why the Carolina Panthers opted to send Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco, then L.A., because L.A. just did not have enough draft picks to help the Carolina Panthers, potentially, and what, of course, they did move up in the draft for a quarterback and that Rams 2023 first round pick that went to Detroit in the golf Stafford trade, then somehow ended up in Arizona. So it didn't really make a lot of sense to the Panthers. I don't know if it would have helped them. It may, it probably could have helped them. I'm sure. But that's just one of the things. And that's, if you choose to believe that, I don't know whether that was true or not, but the rumor out there was that that's what the Rams were willing to give up. Now the Rams would probably say, no, we never were going to do that. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. Um, But as far as trading Burns, and James, you bring this up, they have other issues on the O-line okay, Iki is going to be your starting left tackle. Taylor Mone is going to be your starting right tackle. Bradley Bozeman is going to be there at center. Austin Corbin comes back, and then, you know, you got to figure out left guard Brady Christensen. Like, if those guys are healthy, you're fine on the offensive line. And now you're going to get a ton of reps this season for Chandler Zavala, who can be hopefully quality depth for you. Uh, I don't know what they want to do with Rockmorton moving forward, but he's going to get a, plenty of opportunities. Uh, Cade Mays could as well. Like, that can help you build depth. And they, there's a bunch of young guys that decided to keep, instead of keeping Cam Irving and Justin McCray on the active roster, so that they could develop them the injuries is what really is bothered the old line that and they've been asked to sit back there and pass protect more this year when last year it was a ground and pound so the identity of the offense has changed currently they don't have one where last year it was we want to pound the rock we want to run the damn ball uh that has not been the case so far this season as we've seen them abandon the run game and uh, the last two weeks here in carolina like wide receiver yes They do need to bring in some wide receivers via the draft that can help them. Like, they got Mingo this past year, and we've seen Terrace Marshall hasn't really worked out. It would be nice in the first round to get somebody to come in and immediately help. Corner, there's some questions about JC Horn and his long term um, viability here in Carolina as he's been unable to stay healthy. So, I understand that as well. Like, this is not a finished product roster. Like, I thought the O line was in a better spot going into the year um, than they currently are. I thought there was better depth than there currently is. Like, the biggest problem for the O line has been injuries and a regression from Icky Aquano. Like, that has really hurt them. If Icky hadn't regressed to this point and had they been able to stay healthy and not have those injuries uh, with Corbett and with Christensen, I think that's a unit that's playing well. Are they the best pass-protection unit in the NFL? Probably not, but they would be better than they are currently. And we've seen when the Panthers have had banged-up units, like going back to 21, they're bad. They need to have continuity. They need to get healthy, and then you can see them play better. I just... Think that if you trade Brian Burns, all you're doing is creating another issue of not having an edge rusher. Now, effectively, when the Carolina Panthers traded CMC and DJ Moore, what they did was that pick that they got from San Francisco, the second round pick, they traded that to Chicago. And of course, they traded DJ Moore. So... In a way, they trade CMC and DJ Moore for a quarterback. Now, y'all know how I feel about running backs, but I thought Christian was great. I was never one of those people who thought, hey, trade CMC, that's a great move because the last thing the Carolina Panthers need is a less good player or fewer good players on their roster. Same thing with DJ Moore. But that's what they had to do. I guess that's what they had to do. But man, I kind of would rather have given up 2025 than DJ Moore. But the Bears wouldn't have made that pick without DJ Moore. So that's just kind of where we're at. Um, but again, you, you the Panthers are a team that can afford fewer players, fewer good players. That's why I always find it wild when fans are like, "Hey, let's get rid of this good player for this draft pick." When you have no idea if that draft pick will even pan out to be a good player, especially if it's like not a first rounder where the Panthers are nailing first rounders, but they're doing an awful job with rounds two through seven. So that's kind of my thing when it comes uh, to that. Like, okay, there's no guarantee that if you get rid of good player and trade him for draft pick, that draft pick or plural, singular plural, becomes a good player down the line or even nearly as good as them, which kind of leads me over to Dominique's question. Who says, what is the line of demarcation this season? I think at 0 and 4, 0 and 5, we have to look at a hard reset of the team, which means uh, we need to start shipping out Burns, Brown, and Chin and seeing if we can build a war chest of draft picks. Would you make those moves? Um, like Burns, one of the things we like, they didn't trade him before. Why trade him now? Like, why sit here and say you're going to keep him here and then not get a deal done? Like, that's weird to me. Brian, uh, Derek Brown, they've already given him a 50 year option. So they have pretty much let him know that they want him here. Jeremy Chin, there has been no sort of reporting on him coming back to Carolina signing a new deal, so maybe that's a deal that you make. But now how banged up you are in the secondary, you really trying to get rid of another starter back there. I don't know. I don't know if I'd make any of those deals. I don't think this is a situation that Carolina Panthers should be Out here is just trying to have a fire sale. Last year it made more sense because Matt Rule was gone. Okay, Rule's gone. New regime's coming in anyways. Why not start getting some more draft picks and trying to help your your team out for the future? Like now, if you're going to do that, then how much of a hard reset is this going to be? Are we talking about having to rebuild this thing for three seasons? I mean, like how long is it going to take if you get rid of some of these guys? Like if you get rid of Brian Burns, how long is it going to take you to get another – Pro bowler like Brian Burns. Look at the current edge rushers. Gross mottos. I mean, okay, he's he played well on Sunday, but really, come on. What has he done? What has he done for you? Amari Barno. He's a special teams guy. DJ Johnson's not even playing. Hasn't played a snap yet for the Carolina Panthers. And he's 25 years old almost, if not already. Like, how long is it going to take to get someone to play at Brian Burns' level if they decide to trade him? At a premium position. Like, running back is not a premium position. The NFL has told you how they feel about running backs. Even though I want Chris McCaffrey here. I wanted him to stay. But it's not a premium position. Wide receiver is. But for whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers felt like it would be easier for them to get another wide receiver than to get another edge or defensive tackle. Which I agree. It is easier to get a wide receiver than it is to get a playmaker there at edge. Or someone in the middle of your defense. Like, that is important. The line of scrimmage, more important than wide receivers. Edge rusher, defensive tackle, those positions... I think more important because they be they are on the line of scrimmage. I think they're more important than wide receiver. And the Carolina Panthers, that's what they believe. So they believe it would be a lot easier to replace DJ or get a new DJ than it would to get a new Brian Burns or a new Derrick Brown. I agree with them. I just ask fans this. like When you say, hey, let's trade this guy, let's get a draft pick and get in the first round, okay, you get a wide receiver, but then you don't have an edge rusher. And the guys that you draft to be edge rushers haven't really shown anything at all. So, how long is it going to take to then get another edge rusher? Like, all you're going to do is create new problems. So, I don't think Ryan Burns, getting rid of him is the answer. Uh, maybe the Panthers can – I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know what it's going to take. It's not a great situation to be in because they are they put themselves in quite a predic- predicament by missing out on so many draft picks. And by bungling the quarterback situation over the last couple of years where they felt like they had to trade up to number one to get their job and it'll go to the top. David Tepper, that's something that he felt like this organization needed to do. So when that happens and you fail so many times prior to that, you're in a situation where now fans are wondering, oh, hey, should you trade your best player in order to get draft picks for guys who may not ever make an impact nearly? as big as the one that Brian Burns has made as the Carolina Panther. So uh, that's just kind of where I stand there. All right, take another pause here on the show and come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here. Unlocked on Panthers. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared Prepared. Save more than three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional twenty dollars off my, by using my code Locked On at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J A S E Medical.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, a few more questions here on this edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Now over to uh, Gardner and Hickory and Jake. Uh, Gardner asks, with all the injuries and inconsistency on the offensive line, should we consider sidelining Bryce at least till we fix our run game and O-line play? No more Jimmy Clausens, Coss- please. And then Jake says, does Bryce Young start again when healthy or does Reich roll with Dalton after moving the ball through the air against Seattle? Um Okay, so it's funny that Gardner brings up no more Jimmy Clausens. The last time the Carolina Panthers were 0-3 was back in 2010 when Jimmy Clausen was the starting quarterback. Um, but no. No, that Bryce Young should be playing whenever he's healthy. If that's this week, he should play. It is unfortunate that what's around Bryce Young – is not great. Where the offensive line is missing two starters, Ikiu Kwanu has gotten off to a bad start here in his second year in the NFL and here in Carolina. It's not ideal that the wide receivers aren't that great, but they are what they are, and they showed what they can at least be capable of on Sunday, and albeit it was against a zone-heavy scheme that Seattle runs, and Seattle came in with a banged-up secondary, had more injuries in that game, and they are among the worst secondaries in the league. So... It was pretty clear that Carolina Panthers had an opportunity to expose that, and good, they did. So it's good to see that. And the run game I, it w- is really confusing to me how it's been this bad. Miles Sanders does not look great. I don't understand why Chuba Hubbard hasn't got more of an opportunity when Miles Sanders has not looked all that great for the Carolina Panthers. It's hard to evaluate Bryce Young right now because the pieces around him are not good. And until those pieces get better, I just don't know what's fair if it's fair to evaluate Bryce Young considering that. The Carolina Panthers have not done him very many favors, and also the injury bug has also not done him very many favors considering the amount of key pieces on the O-line that are injured. You can't hide the guy. From the NFL, Yeah, you want to protect him. Yeah, I know people are concerned about his longevity, and it's not a great sign that he's already had an ankle injury. And I've said in the past, it's going to be a thing until it's not a thing. And I'm sure right now, for whatever reason, I mean, I know what reason it is. I'm sure it's a thing to some people, even though I haven't seen it that much. But Andy Dalton did not come here to be the starting quarterback for Carolina. I don't know what that does for you and for the organization long term to have Andy Dalton out there playing all these snaps and Bryce Young should be out there learning now. You would like to be able to protect him better, obviously. Um, You would like for the receivers to get separation more often when he's out there, obviously. But you got to keep him out there. Whenever he's healthy, Bryce Young needs to be playing because the only thing that matters this season, especially if this is how it's going to go, the Panthers are going to be a bad football team, then the only thing that matters – is the development of Bryce Young and him showing you that he was worth the Carolina Panthers giving up all those picks and he was worth the Carolina Panthers not trading away Derek Brown, not trading away Brian Burns, that he was worth getting rid of DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey effectively. That's what really matters this season, especially as they are staring at 0-3 start to the season um, heading into week 4. All right, over now to Nick and Kurt, who asked similar questions. Uh, Nick says, does Jeremy Chin finally get to see more playing time with the injuries to the defense, or does it appear that his rookie season was a fluke? Um, Jerry Overo definitely seems like the coordinator to get the most out of him and his ability to come downhill and play linebacker seems like it would be significantly more useful now with the loss of Shaq and possibly Luvu. And then uh, Kurt saying, a two-point conversion for Seattle got me, got me finally asking – is Jeremy Chen ultimately just not quite good enough in coverage to be a safety and not quite big enough to be a linebacker. And hence why his snap counts have been all over the place. I feel like his days in Carolina are officially numbered. I think, I mean, they're officially numbered because he's a free agent come March. So you know, it's, there's no guarantee he'll be back here in Carolina next year. No, his rookie year was not a fluke. The next year he had a hundred tackles. Like only two other players have done in Panthers history, Luke, Ke- Luke Keekly and John Beason. Like I think Jeremy Chen is a good player and, it's a new scheme, and I think you need to allow there to be um, an acclimation period for Jeremy Chen. Now, it gets diff- more difficult when some of the guys that are supposed to be key pieces in that defense have gone out. And maybe Jeremy Chin role changes. We saw week one he played a decent amount, only played 35% of the snaps week two, played 77% of them week three. like I don't think they can afford to not have Jeremy Chin out there on the field. And I think the Panthers believe that Jeremy Chin was a capable enough safety. They don't go out there and bring in Von Bell. Like, they think the best role for Jeremy Chin is closer to the line of scrimmage. He's never been great in coverage. He wasn't great in coverage as a rookie, playing linebacker primarily. He really wasn't all that great in coverage the last couple seasons as a safety. He was fine. Um, but I just think you got to give it more time and see really what Agero Vero wants to do with him because right now it's kind of hard to know, and the packages and the game plans that they might have had probably change based off of what happens with the guys. And Darren Gann had wrote this when looking at the snap count. From Monday night game against the uh, Saints that Shaq Thompson and Jeremy Chin like those guys are kind of tied to each other in terms of the package that the Panthers are running and once Shaq went down the Panthers had to change some things up and what that meant was taking Jeremy Chin off the field so it's clear that Jerovero especially when you have Camus Grier Hill and Deion Jones like he's not going to be an option for them at inside linebacker because why would he when you have two experienced guys who played inside linebacker through the entirety of the career like they need to use him in other situations like if there's a possibility where they find another guy who could play nickel maybe they move him back to safety but in the meantime they like sam franklin back there and that should maybe tell you a little bit of things about how they feel about jeremy chin and his positioning and on that defense so it's just going to take some time i don't really think it's something to to panic over um but it's going to be a work in progress as this defense is trying to find a way to move forward without some key pieces starting maybe not even starting it's already started uh continuing into this week as um minnesota comes to charlotte on sunday that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julie and Council, where I'll be back next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mail back questions, either at me or DM me. To get those questions in to me now. But in the meantime, be safe. Be happy. Be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll be back with you tomorrow on a Crossover Thursday edition with Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings.
1: Talk to you then. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast.